relationship between News Source One Michiana and Roaring Light Radio. Welcome to Roaring Light, your daily dose of Michiana community news and independent Christian artist music to get you going through the day. Roaring Light hosts are myself, Olivia Keith Hughes, Sylvia Stark, Rachel Kleckner, Pastor Joel Irvin, and Ron Barash. Happy Monday to all of you. Welcome to Roaring Light. My name is Keith. Glad to have you listening whenever you are throughout the day. Today's show is going to be shorter than normal because it is the day of the funeral for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. And I'm sure a number of you are either watching while you're listening to the podcast or have already watched. And I would like to have you uh, give some comments on our Facebook page under this heading. Uh, If you watched the event or um, I will put the link out for you to send us a voicemail uh, so that we can play it on the air tomorrow. On Tuesday's show, um, like to hear from all of you. Um, if you got a chance to watch it or your kids, obviously this is quite historic, and uh, what might even top the funeral today of Queen Elizabeth II is her son's coronation event that will happen uh, in the coming days or weeks. Um, it'll be the first world real-time televised coronation in uh, in the modern era of the British royalty. But uh, anyway, we're, we'll, we'll focus on that at another time as it gets closer. But I want to hear from you. Let us know if you watch the uh, funeral. Click on the link to, to leave us a voice message. And if you can't get through that way, copy the link and run it through Chrome because uh, we would love to, uh, to hear from you and uh, your thoughts, comments, wonders, and whatnot. Had a good time this weekend. Um, all of us did going to the events. It is Hispanic Carriage Month. And I have to say, 
I have never seen in my life an event like what happened Friday night in downtown Elkhart. It was set up by word of mouth. It was considered a parade, a uh, Mexican Independence Day parade. But in, in this person's eyes, I would describe it better as a combination of three things. The Trump train, and we remember what that looked like back in 2020, combined with a flash mob, and we all know what that is, combined with the old days of high school cruising on Friday nights. Um, earlier in the day, I saw flags that turned out to be El Salvadoran flags on a few vehicles showing their love for the country. I didn't know what a white and blue flag was, but I learned on Saturday. And then that evening after the library concert downtown, I saw a few folks coming in front of the ADEC, off ADEC Activities Center, the former Cyphers Drugs downtown across from the plaza. And I inquired what this was and they said, yeah, we're getting ready for this parade. It's Mexican Independence Day. I'm like, okay. Well, three vehicles started honking and flagging and within a period of 45 minutes, or even less than that, maybe about half an hour, Elkhart City streets were packed with Mexico residents, Mexicans, and other Hispanics out celebrating Mexican Independence Day as part of uh, Hispanic Heritage Month that we've been talking about. Um, I was caught off guard, but even more so Elkhart City Police were caught off guard by this gathering. Everything was great and civil. There were no shootings. There were no violence. It was all peaceful, but it definitely caught the police department off guard. And they said that it also had occurred on Thursday night at about the same time at 9 o'clock at night. Saturday night, there was no... Uh, gathering at nine it must have happened earlier and definitely down in Goshen that Rachel covered and uh, look forward to hearing what Rachel's interviews are as well as Miss Sylvia's um, because they were out and about for the Reels Rainbow Picnic and for Hispanic Heritage Month event down in the Maple City of Goshen so quite a, a lot of things that were happening they had uh, City Dance, the last of the season City Dance. Saw some uh, great bandmates, uh, Pastor Doug, Pastor Laura together, and also saw Marva with another good friend of ours, Ben Stricker, um, dancing it up there um, at the Central Park stage. So this is a much shorter podcast. Um, the tunes will be kept down. But we'll be back to a full throttle um, program tomorrow. So get ready for that here on Roaring Light. I want to thank again uh, Lisa Marie Nicole, who is our first Christian Musician Spotlight performer last Friday. Please listen to that podcast. We have another one coming up as we kick off fall 
2022. And that'll be this Friday. We'll let you know who that's going to be. So, anyway, we have one more thing beforehand. And that is, Rachel has a Would You Rather game. Please chime in on that. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that question, listen to it on Friday morning's podcast from last week with Lisa Marie Nicole or on Newsbeat Michiana on Thursday's episode. Well, before we begin with more music to mourn the Queen's funeral, let's go over to Olivia for the weather forecast for today on Monday, and then we'll turn over to Sir Elton John from his historic recording song on the anniversary remembrance uh, for the Princess Diana's funeral back in 1997. Salute to the Queen. God save the Queen. But now it's her son's turn, God save the king. Until then, continuing on with the Roaring Light Podcast for Monday. Your weather forecast, Monday a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms before 8 a.m. Partly sunny, with a high near 79. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Monday night areas of fog after 5 a.m. Otherwise, mostly clear, with a low around 54. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm in the evening. Tuesday areas of fog before 8 a.m. Otherwise, mostly sunny, with a high near 84. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Where lives were torn apart You called out to our country And you whispered to those in pain Now you belong to heaven And the stars spell out your name And it seems to me You lived your life like a candle in the wind Your candles burned out long before Your legend ever will
Fun things to do throughout the community. Here are some community events that are coming up in the month of October. Just kicking off. If you're in into garage sales, you can head over to the community indoor garage sale, and that will happen from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturday, October 15th, at the Syracuse Community Center, and that is located at 1013 North Long Drive in Syracuse, Indiana. If you would like to vendor, you can register in person, and they will be something cash and check only. You can get a 10 by 10 booth for $10. If you need a table, you can get a table for $5, and you are welcome to have one booth per a person. Heading over to Plymouth, Trunk or Treat will happen October 29th. From 3 to 5 p.m. at River Park Square, located at 112 Water Street in Plymouth. Sunday, October 2nd, will be a, a, the 24th annual Riding to Fallen Police Charity Ride, which is originally scheduled for September 11th. It will cost you $25 per rider or $35 per rider with a passenger. And you can still register at Hoosier Harley Davidson from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. the day of the event. Kicks, the kickstands will go up about 12.30 p.m. If you have any questions, you can contact Jim Ballard at 574-360-7152. Once again, that is Jim Ballard, 574-360-7152. With any questions about the 24th Annual Riding to Remember Fallen Police Charity Ride. If you're into having a magical adventure, you can head over to Magical Me, Me Day in Napanee. 
and that will happen October 1st, and it will take place at the West Park Pavilion located at 500 North Napanee from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can pre-register at napaneeparks.recdesk.com, and it will cost you $25. Children under 12 will be free, long as their copy adult is with them. You can head over to Four Winds Field for Cops and Goblins Treat Night, which is also being sponsored by the South Bend Police Department, and that will take place on Monday, October 24th from 5 to 7.30 p.m. with the South Bend Cubs. If you would like to hand out candy, you are encouraged to reserve a free table. You can donate candy to the police officers or or donate money. If you have any questions or would like to know more about the event, you can contact Ashley Ochamp at aochamp at southbendin.gov for any and more information. And last, if you're looking to do something else for in October, you can help to Mission Walk-Up Parks and Recreation for their Monster Dash and Dance. And that will take place October 21st, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. The Dash and Monster Dash will be for ages 3 to 9, and it will cost $10 per runner, and you will get hot chocolate included. The dance will be free to all, and there will be concessions available for purchase. Hope you enjoy some of these October events that are upcoming, so you can start planning your fall fun events. Take care, and have a wonderful week.
the Public News Service Daily Newscast for September the 19th, 2022. I'm Mike Tuttle. Controversial books are nothing new, but the incidence of book challenges and bans has increased substantially in recent years. We get this perspective from Ohio. This week marks the American Library Association's annual Banned Books Week, and this year's theme is Books Unite Us, Censorship Divides Us. The ALA has conducted polling on the issue, which illustrates that 71% of Americans oppose efforts to remove books from public libraries, and 67% oppose efforts to remove books from school libraries. The executive director of the Ohio Library Council, Michelle Francis, says that while Ohio has not seen as many book challenges as other states, the focus of librarians remains the same. We focus on the freedom to read, and in the state of Ohio, for all of our public libraries, that is something that we cherish and is very close to home when it comes to intellectual freedom. And we know that it is our job to make sure that we have something for everyone in our public libraries. More information on the ALA's initiative to fight censorship is online at uniteagainstbookbans.org. Brett Pivato reporting. An intensifying hurricane, Fiona, is bringing heavy rains, high winds, and power outages to Puerto Rico. The power has been knocked out to the entire island, according to CNN. They report the big picture, the storm dumping more than two feet of rain, causing catastrophic flooding in Puerto Rico. Hurricane-force winds have taken out the island's fragile power grid. Fiona is a Category 1 hurricane expected to remain that way through landfall in Puerto Rico. CNN reports President Biden declared a federal disaster for Puerto Rico, mobilizing the delivery of aid to the island. And ahead of the general election on November 8th, there is an urgent push for voter registration in states like Arkansas. More on that now from Danielle Smith. In 2020, 83% of Arkansas citizens reported being registered. In celebration of National Voter Registration Day tomorrow, Kay Abney with the nonpartisan League of Women Voters says they have expanded their community outreach and will be visiting schools, farmers markets, and an art museum for voter registration. She says your vote counts. I know a lot of people say that your vote does not count, but I know in Arkansas at least that we have had several things that were 30 votes, 20 votes. And you can't tell me that does not count. Also, the other thing is that even if it you don't win, which we're not going to always win, nobody does, but at least you have made a, a statement on what you think. You know, that's one of our few true rights. By the way, a marijuana legislation initiative was certified for the ballot, although votes on the initiative may not be counted pending a state Supreme Court ruling. This is PMS. On the flip side of the pandemic for anti-poverty advocates and the people they serve has been a better understanding of what actually works to counter long-standing poverty. We hear now from our newest member of our team, Catherine Carley. Childhood poverty was cut nearly in half during the COVID pandemic due to expanded federal programs like the child tax credit and stimulus payments, which also prevented some 5 million Americans from falling below that line. But advocates for the poor say those gains are already being lost since the most helpful programs were not extended and high inflation is now impacting families as well. But Joe Diamond, executive director of MassCap, a coalition of some 23 community action agencies, says advocates are using lessons learned during the pandemic to help improve people's lives. We were inspired by the resilience of the people that we serve. 
and we also were inspired by what we found to be the effectiveness of the programs that we're able to run during the pandemic. And we know our mission now also includes doing our very best to sustain those programs and to continue to work as hard as we can toward our goal of reducing poverty. Advocates say that could include the creation of a state-funded child tax credit, providing an adequate guaranteed income, and supporting extensive outreach to make sure that every family receives the benefits they need and to which they're entitled. On the heels of a promising poverty report, there are renewed calls to make permanent certain pandemic policies that help struggling families in Minnesota and around the country. Last week, an annual Census Bureau report showed that child poverty fell sharply last year to a record low of 5.2 percent. Arlock Sherman, with the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, says that was largely fueled by the temporary expansion of the federal child tax credit. In Minnesota, the Children's Defense Fund urges the legislature to use surplus money to create a separate state child tax credit. I'm Mike Moen. Finally, Eric Lattis tells us Nebraska, one of six states participating in No Child Grieves Alone. Carly Runestad with the Morning Hope Grief Center says the event will explore ways for parents, teachers, school counselors, and anyone else working with children to support them as they process the loss of a family member or friend. It's kind of our human nature for us to try and shield children from grief, but grief is really a natural human experience. It's not a problem. We don't need to try to fix it. It is just a universal, healthy reaction to loss. The one-day conference kicks off at 11 a.m. on September 29th at Morning Hope's campus on South Folsom Street in Lincoln. The event is free to attend, includes lunch, and professionals can earn three continuing education credits for a fee. I'm Eric Galatis. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service. We are member and listener supported. You can hear us on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Did you know that it is National Preparedness Month? And today we're going to look at powder power outages. Some tips that you can do in the event of a power outage is to keep freezers and refrigerators closed. Use a generator, but only outdoors and away from windows. Don't use get a gas stove or oven to heat your house. Disconnect the appliances and electronics in case of an electric surge. For more information about what you can do for National Preparedness Month, you can check at ready.gov and they will have more information about being prepared for weather emergencies. Take care and have a wonderful day. Happy Friday. Welcome again to Happy and Whole in Him. I'm Joel of Heart City Church. Let's spend five minutes with Jesus. This week we've been looking at who Jesus is for us as we make our journey through life. We saw that Jesus, having left heaven to become fully human, makes him our Emmanuel, God with us. We saw that Jesus was a true friend because he went to the cross and laid down his life for us. The crib and the cross tell us who Jesus became for us on earth. And after his resurrection, he sat down at the Father's right hand where he is our advocate, speaking well of us even as we continue to struggle with sin and shame. And he's also our king. We're now citizens of an eternal kingdom. I wanted to end this week with you hearing Jesus say these words of assurance. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. John 10:14. This is good news that Jesus knows us, he watches over us, 
and he is leading us on the right path. But that means admitting the bad news. If we know Jesus as our shepherd, well, that means we're sheep, metaphorically, obviously. And to be called a sheep is not a compliment. Sheep are not bright animals. They get lost easy, they fall off cliffs. If they eat too much and roll over on their back, they get stuck and die in short order without any help. Plus, they're easy prey. In fact, they run in circles when they get spooked by a wolf, so a wolf can simply watch their fast food spin around until they tire out, and they can eat them. And that's us. Our comfort in this life is not that we're equipped to conquer the world. Our comfort is that Jesus looks at us with compassion as his beloved sheep when you run to him, and he promises to care for you during your time in this wilderness. That's what we find in Mark 6.34, this scene where Jesus leads 5,000 people to green grass and he sets them down so they can enjoy a picnic. Mark is showing us that Jesus is the shepherd of Psalm 23. Listen to this comforting psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here is a psalm that gives us remarkable confidence during our days here on earth. The shepherd not only leads us to green grass and still waters, he not only teaches me how to live rightly with his rod and staff, but we can have remarkable confidence in what can only be described as wolfland. Our shepherd spreads out a table in the midst of our enemies and says, my sheep, let's have a picnic. Let me anoint your head with oil, and fill your cup till it runneth over. And you can trust that goodness and mercy are going to run you down and envelop you. And the reason we can be certain of this is that our good shepherd, Jesus, he became the sheep first. Jesus became the lamb slain so that we need not fear any enemies. Do you ever stop to think about how Jesus he also sang and recited Psalm 23, the Lord was his shepherd, and what a comfort that would be as he sat across the table from a wolf named Judas Iscariot, and then Mary came up from behind and anointed his head with oil, so that the next day he could walk through the valley of the shadow of death as he was slain on the cross. That is what our good shepherd did, that you and I might know that he really does know us including all our sin and shame, which he bore himself on that cross, that you and I, silly sheep that we are, might dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Let us praise him for that. O shepherd of Israel, we thank you that you're not a hireling who would ever run when we face danger. And we confess that we're prone to wander. Lord, we feel it. We're prone to leave you, the God we love. We pray that you'll open our heart ears to hear your voice, open our hearts to obey you, and open our eyes 
that we may see others in need and lay down our lives as you did for us. Amen. Shadow what's built in